0: Welcome to Up The Blues, the Waterford FC podcast. I'm Adam Lundy, joined as always by my co-hosts Martin Cullerton and Evan Cullerton. Lads, how's it going? Good, Adam. How are you? Very well. Very well. Had a couple of weeks off. How did the exams go? All happy?
1: Uh, yeah, as good as can be, I suppose. Yeah. Over, anyway. over and done, yeah. So not, over not and a done. problem until we get through those. We'll That's we go now.
0: the thing, yeah. Sure, no mm-hmm. point thinking about them too much now, is there? Exactly, uh, yeah. Can't change anything. Look, uh, obviously, look, we had a couple of weeks off. It's been a bit of a uh eventful couple of weeks. Um, obviously, we have two matches to try and just catch up on, uh, the Cove game and the Finn Harps game, and then some other juicy stuff that uh, I'm sure the listeners are probably a bit a little bit more interested in hearing about. So, uh, we'll, we'll crack through the two games. Obviously, the first game we're going to talk about was on the 12th of May in the RSC Waterford at home to Cove Ramblers. Uh good win. Uh f- five 5-0 in the end, comprehensive. Um, you know, I think comprehensive is a word that's gonna describe both of the matches that we're gonna cover today, but um good good game. Where you, you at the lads? I can't remember. Did you did you go down to it? Were all we They're all right. I did, all right. We did it's honest. very good. Good crowd.
1: Was actually to be fair, from what I can remember. Um it seems it seems foggy. I don't know. Maybe that's just me now. I don't know. Um, but just I kinda of went down in the middle of exams and it was two weeks gone out and everything just kind of seems a bit of a fog the last couple of weeks. But um,
0: no, from what I can remember,
1: it was actually a very good game. Yeah. A decent atmosphere down there, thankfully.
0: Yeah, I was watching it on LOA TV and there was there's always a problem with LOA TV, I know, but there was no I, fucking sound for like the first 15 minutes of the game. I didn't, I didn't Yeah, missed. I remember I
1: remember saying that actually. Yeah. yeah, I
0: missed I missed the first goal because I didn't hear what was going on. Like usually like uh, when I'm watching, I'll be, I'll have it on the side while I'm doing something else. So I'll have the sound up just in case so I can hear the commentator going, oh and such and such is coming up now. And I'll turn my head just in time to see it. But I turned my head and I saw Ronan wheeling away and I was like, oh what the fuck happened there? <laughs> 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 completely. Um uh. but uh sure look it is what it is. There's always there's always a problem with LOA TV stuff and we'll, we'll talk about that again when we get to the Finn Harps game. Oh, but, yeah, look, it was a good all-round win. I think, yeah, like there was, what, five different goal scorers? Nobody nobody doubled up, right? It was just good, good team uh, performance. Yeah.
1: Griff scored, Ronan scored, Bagley scored his first for the club, which was nice. It was a good goal. Yeah, it was a good yeah, goal. Yeah, very nice goal. Uh, Roland got his first
0: in a little while, which was nice. Um, and Masim, Masim, yeah, yeah. Masim did score Masim the goal, scored scored a goal. A goal that was 100% offside it was it was at least two yards offside making ah, it that was run because I went back <laughs> I, it looked <laughs> offside live because I was watching it and I messaged you and I was like oh, that, yeah, I, 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 why did that count and you yeah. thought I meant there was a foul or something no he was and I was like that looked offside in real time so I went back and I watched the highlights and I was I was even going through it slow like pausing to see exactly when the ball led. I think with Thomas put him through just to see when the ball left his foot, he was at least two yards outside. But uh, Sherlock will say nothing. It was—it's not like it changed the outcome anyway. You know, we were well, well away at that stage anyway. He went for oh. a pitch during Shane Griffin's goal
2: and came back.
1: He did actually, yeah. You know and Eric Dyer. Yeah. Jesus. Um, in fairness, actually, that match, like the lads were clinical. Like the moving the ball up the pitch was like was really, really nice football to see. Um, and the refereeing is kind of what stood out to me. Looking back at that match, um, you know there was no cards in that match until the 80th minute, which is basically unheard of in a League of Ireland. Match. Yeah, I was shocked by it. The ref really just let the players play football, you know pull up a couple of fouls when they had to be pulled up, but they wasn't just handing out cards. It's not like he was getting commissioned by every yellow card he handed out or whatever. You know, like most well, yeah, that's are. something
0: that we brought up so, a few times that like they seem to just be handing them out like as if they're gonna get oh, a tenner yeah, for yeah. every one. Like, so it's, like, so it's i nice I'd love to see. know the
1: average of how many cars actually handed out because it's definitely I'd say five or six per match across the league, like on average. Yeah. Um so it was nice to literally not see anything until the eightieth minute. And then even at that, I don't think we actually got any yellow cards from what I can
0: remember. I think it was a. Um, no. I'm the Cove stats here player that me. was booked. Yeah, yeah. So Luke Desmond for Cove was the only player him. booked in the 79th minute. So yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good to see a ref you know, let let the game flow like it should. You know exactly. Accept. Yeah, but you but not let been it been get out of control match. either. Like you know, yeah. just pull up the fouls if it's innocuous stuff. Don't be giving stupid yellows yeah, for no reason at all. Just let the game flow. Let the lads play. That's it. that's what you want to see really. Um, yeah, yeah. it's good. Good. Good win the obviously unfortunate thing is that Galway keep winning as well. So we just feel like, you know, you feel like that, 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 uh, that, Greek myth of the fella pushing the stone up the mountain. Every time he gets up to the top, he starts at the bottom again. That's what <laughs> it kind of feels like seeing all these big wins, you know, oh, happy days, four nils, five nils, whatever it may be. Oh, Galway won again. For fuck's sake. Right. Okay. We go. So <laughs> Uh, it's a little bit disheartening when you see the lads playing so well because like they they they're playing like a team that's better than everybody else in the league apart from Galway. It's 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 become it's very clear how big of a goal of, you know towards the start of the season. You know Cove was one of the teams we were earmarked to say, you know Cove are playing really well. They could you know get into the playoffs. They could even cause an upset. You know they started yeah. the season really hot, and sure, like we bet them twice now, and you know hammer the shit out of them here at the RSC. Like so it seems very clear in the last few weeks apart from like the blip with the Wexford game that, you know, apart from Galway, you know, we're, we're miles ahead of the rest of the teams in the league in terms of quality. The problem is that you're not always going to get that reward at the end of it because you have to go through the playoffs and play a team from the premier. you have a young squad. You never know what could happen on the day. Like, so it's, it's, it's a little bit disheartening at the same time. Any more on the Cove game before we look at Finn Harps?
2: Not really, I can't really remember to
0: be honest. With you. Yeah, That's like it's been a couple on. of weeks. We apologize, listeners. It has been a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know
1: what? I don't think many listeners are going to be too concerned about a match that we won. We years. all know what we want to talk about. Well, we we'll know get what we want to get there. We'll get we'll there. We'll get Stay there. there. <laughs> of
2: course, in the Finn Harps game. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> that is the Finn Harps game. That was a great game. League of Ireland, yeah. however, left a lot <laughs> uh, to enjoy. However, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, well we'll get to that now. So obviously we went up away uh, on Friday, just gone the nineteenth, uh up to Donegal, oh, uh to Finn, to Finn Park. Uh what was it eight hundred kilometers round trip or something mad like oh, that? Oh so it's
1: four uh, hours and fifteen minutes from airhouse anyway. Even... Madness. So if you look
0: if you're a listener and you oh, traveled shit. up fair fair juice, yeah, Jesus at some at some trek. You know what? Uh, there was a decent crowd out of from what, from what Yeah. I I saw a few people put up in the group pictures and stuff so up there. Yeah. So fair, Look, fair we, we were looking
1: and heading up ourselves, weren't we? And then things that we're were, to, yeah. I had, I, we were going to, and then I had to you know, have my work, so yeah, Um not get through i You know, I'm, not, I'm kind of glad I didn't, but having said that, I kind That's of wish I did because you can't fucking watch the match anyway on the
0: <laughs> Well, this is the thing. So, <laughs> you know, we won 4 we nil. The first goal goes in and... Nobody knows who scores. Even the commentary lads didn't oh, know. The commentators who,
1: were the most boring, dire. useless
0: individuals. Oh, there's, there's a goal there for life. what? For now? Who was no offense there? to them, there lads. It? I'm sure they're lovely people, but <laughs> fuck yeah, it was very, very, very poor. But, uh, yeah. Apparently, I don't know. I'm going on Sofa score here. This is where normally, this is an inside view listeners sofa where I score. get my stats from. Sofa score is where I, where I get my stats from when I'm talking about these games. You know, not to the official Connect app, no? According <laughs> to Sopa score, Connor Parsons was given the goal. So whether that's yeah, true was, or not, yeah. I don't know. Um, the lads said it might have been an own goal. We have no way of knowing and that's that's what
1: the comment uh, from everyone that said in the group, anyway, said it was a uh, Connor Parsons. So look, we'll give him the goal.
0: We'll give him the goal. But not the that problem is us. that none of us can verify it now because the camera literally didn't fucking follow him. Uh don't, don't know why, and it did the same during Ronan's penalty. It I didn't know that.
1: I was, I left the room for two seconds because I was like, "Adamash oh, is almost over and I Left the room, got back in. And one of the lads texted me and goes, Come here, this fucking LOA TV is shocking. I didn't even see the penalty. And I was like, What penalty? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I couldn't, I can't, I can't even look back on it. I was like, What the hell?
0: But it's that uh, you see him run up, you can see him kick the ball, but you have no idea where it went or right? anything. You can't see go <laughs> the goal at all. It. Shocking. Like, funny, at least, man. at least we weren't, at least we were given a good view of Dean's goals. It was an absolute screamer. Uh, unbelievable finish Uh, so that's, that's two really really good goals from our midfielders kind of back to back now which is something that we were kind of saying I think in previous episodes that goals from midfield uh, you know apart from Roland has been very you know we've been very dry on goals from midfield so yeah. seeing Bar- Barry get one you know against Cove and, and Dean step up and get one against Finn Harf especially after he had a very poor game against Wexford a few weeks ago you know yeah. that will do wonders for his confidence because he is a good player uh, you know, scoring a cracker, you know that that will only help going forward because I'm sure he was probably annoyed at himself after that Wexford game. Um, but all in all, you know, again another comprehensive finish. I know they had one of their centre half sent off. Um, you know, just after the start of the second half, so you know, and it looked like it was a.
1: It, it, looked, it we like call it a harsh.
0: Okay. What so. was it even? Yeah, I've actually heard that's before. So, yeah. So it was, uh, someone took. A, I think it was Griffin took a heavy touch and chased after the ball, it was just kind of like a bit of a 50-50 And yeah, Griff just nicked it ahead of the ahead of the other fella, and he got a second yellow and off.
1: Yeah, Griff was earlier to the ball. Griff got, and your man, your man was just a little bit late to the ball, and ended up getting Griff instead of getting the ball. Which look, if it was. It, the fact that it's a second yellow I think is what makes it harsh because you wouldn't yeah. mind if it, if it was just the yellow and it was a first yellow and then fair enough look at a yellow 100%, card. 100% yeah. To give him a second yellow and send him off for something that's you know like, I'm not going to say barely a yellow card but just kind of a you know just kind of a textbook yellow or a soft yellow. Yeah it's one of those 50-50 things you know
0: yeah. like when you're a defender and you see a player running at you they, they, they do a heavy touch you're going to go in and try and steal the ball. It's, you know, it's just natural. Like, so
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, I
0: thought it was a little bit harsh, but look, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. We're already two up. You know, we, we put another couple past them anyway. Again, another good performance, another three points, but also another three points for Galway. So we just have to keep, uh, I say chipping away, but we're not even chipping away really. So we just have to keep getting our wins and hope, hope they manage to slip up a few times uh, during the season. One bad thing from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh Uh, our, our favorite player
2: got a uh, a yellow card. Yeah, I think it's
1: harsh to say he's our favorite player anyway.
2: That's- oh yeah, but man,
1: are we picking favorites?
2: That's harsh. Well, I, I, I reckon whoever scores eighteen goals is gonna be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna say Evan's views do not reflect out of the podcast because, or they're all our favorite player.
0: But again, I'm looking at I was just looking at the, the stats here to see who got yellows, and the first one that came up was Ryan Burke. And I'm like, yeah, Ryan probably is my favorite player. That's fair enough, heaven. You know what? Actually, yeah, Ryan probably will be up there But um, if... we yeah, we're not about we're on
1: about and anyway, for anyone to have to get put it together. He did get his fifth yellow, so he's not gonna be travelling. he will be traveling to Longford, I imagine, but he won't be playing against Longford on Saturday.
0: No, and look, you know, it's yeah. one of those things Which... it was it was gonna happen at some point. Um, you know. Yeah. When he was when he you know started racking them up, it was gonna he was gonna get the fifth at some point. This is what it is; it's part of the game. And um, I think if we were gonna be picking any game to lose him for, no disrespect, to Longford, but like,
1: oh know, yeah, well, I'm li- like what happened with Rainborg, I'm glad it was against someone that's slightly lower in the
0: table. Yeah,
2: they've for recently.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm just mean yeah, like I'd rather actually. lose him for that than lose oh, yeah. him for like Galway, uh, or yeah, yeah, or Cove, so, or Galway, or
2: actually not exactly. was granted yeah, at
1: this point. Put him. Um, you know, someone with more of a trait.
0: Basically big. anyone other than Galway. It's fine. Yeah, pretty man. much, pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, you know, you'd rather lose him for, for, you know, for a game like this against someone lower in the table, uh, which is obviously everybody except for Galway. Um, So just one game suspension, though, I, I assume, right? So he, he'll be back, obviously, for the following match yeah, then.
1: I imagine, yeah. he would be back then for uh, the match by Colony Monday against Kerry.
0: Is that the next match? Uh, I no, mean, no. There's no, there's no. between that, isn't there? Yeah, Friday the 2nd. Friday. That's it. uh, we're at home to Treaty on That's Friday the, the 2nd. That's so he'll, the be back, he'll be back to, to haunt Treaty again. Beautiful in yep. so. And then, so actually, probably what we'll end up doing, the, there'll be a double header two episodes from now. We'll cover Treaty and Kerry in, in one episode. Obviously, we'll do an episode next week for, for Longford, but just looking further ahead, we'll probably do a double header for that, for that episode anyway, with it being the June Bank holiday, the, the two games being close together. Uh, makes sense and I think I think we're all going to travel down to uh, what is it called Mount Hawk Park or something is that what it's called oh just oh, <laughs> something, something mad like that anyway Whatever I think we're I think we're going to travel down to Chile anyway so uh, should I want to get a look at the Kerry's facilities am well, uh, I, I wanna... I'm right <laughs> saying
1: the main stand is like off to just one side of the
0: pitch it is that's so I'm mad to see I'm Straight. mad to see the main stand yeah, that yeah, it's it's only Mount covers the fir- it only covers one half of the pitch <laughs> Um, so, so I am, I, I'm, I'm mad to see that now. So, uh, looking Push forward. Look. Any, any other? They got their first
1: then? win, actually. In fairness, didn't they? Since we last on, the they podcast. did actually.
0: They did. Um, who was it against? Actually, I'm trying That's, to uh, I
1: don't know. I can't remember. Was it that, was that, was that loan. Loan? It was I think that it was that Actually, yeah.
2: you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just say they won a quite a very terrible refereeing decision? But like, oh, was it? Yeah. The ball was nowhere I near. back at it now. Now. The game over. So. Ah, oh. oh, sure. Look, every little helps win's a, wins a
1: win, wins a win for them. Win. What, are you, what are you ruining, Think, one? And run.
0: Man, Yeah, doesn't he? He has sure. to kind of put the koi and everything. That's not very sound. For sure. For sure. For sure, look, obviously, in the lead up to the uh, the Finn Harps game, uh, something else happened, lads. Um, we opened the club shop. What's up? What oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's open the club shop. That's that's what, what
1: everyone is. wants to hear the
0: podcast version. Yeah. Well, look, we might as well actually touch on the club shop while we're here. So yeah, the club shop's open. Obviously, everybody it's been something that we've been wanting for years. And I was giving out about it earlier, uh, you know, this season, saying that like it'd be nice to have an actual shop you can just go yeah. to rather than having to sort of figure out when the, the mythical RSE club shop was open <laughs> and what hours they were open. It's nice to yeah, actually it's have open. yeah, it's like you know, it's nice to actually have one location that's you know has exact hours every week, whatever. I know some people were like, oh well, what's the point of it not being open, you know, before matches start or whatever. Like people might go in and pick up a few bits. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. But look, it's I, it's better than nothing. So yeah. that's that's the way I look at it. It's a step in the right direction. Um I haven't been in the shop yet, but I saw the pictures on the no. inside. Looks all right. You know, looks you know pretty 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 standard, but you know, it's it's just open. So maybe okay. they'll sort of build onto it if the club kind of gets promoted and starts building up a bit you know the fan base even bigger then you know they might start happen. getting more merchandise in but you know i think it's a step in the right direction it's obviously handy that it's still so close not like it's in town or anything like that's so still so close to the rsc and hopefully the supermax people w- won't tell us to fuck off when you try and park there <laughs> uh, so we can say oh is going to the club shop uh, so we'll... That closed three hours ago, lads.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I run it. Just see me. This is me. I'm in my uniform. I run the shop. I need to go and do some inventory. Oh, uh, so. just, just try and play that card, yeah, and, and you'll be fine. Uh, everybody shows up now and tries to pull the same trick. Uh, but uh, and those, They
1: must have some inventory. Man.
0: The poor 17 year olds they put in the high vis jackets out to stop people from parking. Man, I was just uh, there saying, I'm
1: not getting paid, no, for this.
0: Yeah, but they probably, I doubt they're getting, but they might get 20 euro cash in hand because they stand out there for two hours, give you 20. Are nah,
1: they not sure? Max employees, no, they're not. Just I, don't they them in. I,
0: I, I don't have a clue.
2: Honestly. If anyone knows, look, let us you know, lads. speculate on certain stuff like this.
0: No, look, if anyone knows, let us know in the comments. <laughs> uh, would, would would love to know if the lads who stop you from parking in super, in super or not super, yeah, Supermax max. Yes, I see. If they work for Supermax behind the counter, or if they're just random lads, they pay for the day. But, uh, please let us know if you know the answer. It's very and important. if you
1: happen to know, and even just give them the word to let a uh, red Volkswagen Polo park in there on matchday. If the reg number
2: is on the you as well, uh, I won't do that much. But and reach your, out if, if if you work
0: there, yeah, PPSN.
1: So one four two. You leave it at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So obviously, club shop. That's great. Great of our owner to do that. For some bizarre reason, Scott Brown opened it. No idea why our own manager didn't open it. Know. Um, but look, you know, it's nice to see like an actual big name professional footballer. Obviously, I know his manager now, but former footballer. Nice to see him around and come to the club, you know, just gives it a bit of a bit of a void. Still thought it was weird that he was the one cutting the an elephant and elephant. not keen. But yeah, it is what it is. Now, on to the actual <laughs> <laughs> news. Yeah. So, um, the actual news, the
1: club shop is open from 9 to 5. No, and, it's yes, and you don't have to keep
0: asking, Monday, It's one 9, to, Saturday, 5, 9
1: to 5 for <laughs> some reason. No on, on the Sunday. Oh, the match. Well, and actually,
0: another important question that gets asked a lot in the group. No, they don't sell online, but Elvary's now stocks all the stuff. So just order, go. Was, order your shit Elvery's. off Elvery's. That's what I did. So um, we are not sponsored by Elvary's. This is not a paid promotion. Yes. Yes. Um, I yeah, just don't. Nice. I, I, we just see this question a lot in the group. um. So there you go. Uh, Elvary's seems to have pretty much everything. I got a nice uh, quarter zip off Elvary's. And they had it delivered to me the next mm. day. So very, very good shipping mm. from Elvary's. Very nice of them. DPD, uh,
1: was it on post or DPD?
0: Oh, that's a from? great question. I think it might have been D, DPD. It wasn't maybe our maybe it was it on post. post. Maybe it was on post. I actually don't, I don't remember. Want to... I'm not going to lie to you. I won't pretend to lie to you. I'm not going to. Uh, it's. One I don't know. I don't know the answer, but please, Martin, for the love of God, read out what what else, what happened, what the actual oh, news is. Okay, oh, no, no, no. before,
2: before we even say on here, Martin is well and truly half qualified to talk about this. Yes, yes, Martin. half qualified. Yeah, half Martin half, is
0: yeah. Uh, the podcast legal representation. So if you do yeah. have any concerns about legalities of things we talk about, please direct. If you get given it all to Martin, Martin and
2: Supermax. Anything at all?
0: Yes, please direct all your concerns to Martin. Uh, he is our legal representative. Thank you. Thanks.
1: All right. Okay. Yeah. So, after all of the uh, beautifulness of we finally got the club shop and the team had lovely comprehensive wins back to back, our owner decided to go and get prosecuted and convicted on four counts um, of fraud, essentially. <laughs> he had two counts of an intention to defraud creditors, one count of false representation, uh, and then another count of being involved in the acquisition, retention, use or control of the proceeds of fraudulently missold
2: energy contracts. Um, Can I just say that's a serious stuff to do to get Club Shop up?
1: <laughs> He'd want to be opening a club shopping centre with the money that they make, <laughs> off this. Um, yeah, so he was originally this, this, like the case has been going on in fairness in the background since he bought water i remember mentioning it to you anyway um well i mentioned it to evan i think i said you as well adam did i like it's been something that's been kind of going on in the background um for quite some time and it was kind of mentioned and brought up in the facebook group and then it was kind of brushed and glossed over uh, and people kind of said well look he's putting this investment into the global ah, just a basic trial move on move on it's been a fairly complex trial that's gone on for the last six months um and Recently, then it's kind of came out. Kind of, there's been developments in it. It's been reported on a bit more, and it's you know been discovered that he's after obtaining you know the bones of about fifteen million pounds from defrauding small businesses, BNBs, charities. You know of all kind of people to defraud it, it's it's probably not the best one to be defrauding small businesses and charities. Like you know what I mean, um. If he was frauding or committing fraud, I suppose, against massive companies that aren't really going to affect their loss of earnings, well, then, you know what? Look, you might look at it a little bit differently, but these are people that are massively relying on the, the money that he ended up kind of taking from them. The charges themselves, he could... Like, it's hard to tell because if it was a regular individual, he could be looking maybe around 10 years in prison for all the charges, but... He is a man of massive wealth and they tend to get treated more favorably in court because he can kind of just pay off some things. Um, And it's hard to kind of know, it's, again, under English jurisdiction. He probably will get it reduced, I imagine, to an extent or maybe have a lot of it suspended. Um, But the judge was fairly keen on the fact that he will be facing jail time, the extent of which we don't know and we won't know until he gets sentenced on the 3rd of July. Um, and he's in custody until then. Um, it, It's a difficult one. His sister was involved in it as well. She was charged uh, and convicted on a couple of counts, as well as two other individuals. Uh, I believe one is his, his sister's partner and then another person that's involved in the business. Um, I suppose it's kind of important as well to mention that this is entirely against, or I suppose relating to his energy company, BES, Um. You might know them as the sponsors of Fleetwood, but the fact that they sponsor Fleetwood is about the closest they actually get to their relations with the football clubs. So none of the charges are brought against Fleetwood, none of the charges are brought against Waterford. It might have implications for Fleetwood. I don't see how it won't, because they do have the um, the uh, fitness test for owners. Uh, you know, determine if they're fit to manage or own a club. I suppose that doesn't exist in the League of Ireland. Any sort of test like that. So I suppose. Really, no League of Ireland team has ownership to that extent. Um, of kind of multi-millionaire Galway, I suppose, as the Comar Group. But that's about it. Um. So there's no test there. So the implications that it's going to have on Waterford, are hopefully, not as drastic, maybe, as what it might have for Fleetwood. But it's again, it's it's very early to tell, and we won't know until he's sentenced. Like it's it it's when you look at the extent of the crime and you really kind of understand what he's after doing. It is shocking how much money he's after making, the way he made it, and who he made it from. You know what I mean? There's there's no kind of denying that. Um, I can't see it like the, the statements that both clubs have put out. Fleetwood and Water are kind of really saying, "Oh yeah, look, we're aware of the charges. We were, you know, we were planning months in advance. You know, in the uh, in the event of this verdict." And it's, it's not brought against us, you know, but I can't see how it's not going to affect the clubs down the line. Um, and it kind of, again, like I said earlier, it kind of paints or, you know, puts a bit of a shadow over everything he's done in the club, I think, anyway, personally, because it almost raises the question of, is what he done, you know, in buying a club outside of English jurisdiction, maybe just the whole idea of getting funds out of the country? And maybe putting them elsewhere. There's a lot of complicated stuff that could be done there, in terms of moving money around and things that really could help him almost hide the aspects of his crime. And um, and like I said, one of the charges he had was the uh, retention, use, or control of uh, property arising from or in this case proceeds or money arising from uh, the mis-selling of fraudulent contracts. So, like, we know we had that money, and he. Yes, obviously he obviously was using that money. So is it a case that he also had more of that money that the courts were aware of and he kind of moved it around? Not like a, thinking, but, you know, offshore accounts, that kind of stuff, maybe just on a slightly less complicated thing. So, so it's hard to know.
0: You know? So two, two questions on, yeah. on this, Martin, on what you said. So just, first of all, obviously that's a lot of great information, Um, obviously well-researched. You obviously understand it a lot better than, than at least I would. Maybe same with you know, maybe some listeners might not fully sort of grasp exactly what's gone on. I'm in the same can boat you... as like, don't worry. What? I'm in the same boat as yourself, don't worry. I yeah. <laughs> But like could you maybe put like could you could you do a metaphor for maybe what he did, like to kind of put it in context? You know, is there can you give an example of you know what exactly how he defrauded or or something? Yeah, so essentially
1: it was it was to do with the selling of, of energy contracts right so he has the energy company in which he would sell um you know electricity or energy and he targeted you know like i said small businesses and charities so that was the likes of b and guest houses there was children's charities that were targeted um, companies that provided support services for disabled people you know companies that are are, are i suppose businesses that maybe typically wouldn't have, let's say the most savvy individuals when it comes to complicated legal contracts. You know, chances of a small business, like a guest house or a B&B having, you know, really, um, you know, savvy legal advice or, or legal advisors when it comes to enter into these contracts is quite slim. So cha- a lot of the time it's going to be the actual owners of the business or the operators of the charity that are actually, you know, engaged in this sort of, of, of contract. Um, essentially, what happened is that a sales representative would have called up the uh, owners or the uh, those in the business, and would have done that when they either moved into a new premises or when their energy contracts were up for renewal. So, just at the end of their contract or when they went into a new premises and would need an energy, they were kind of called up like any sales rep would, and, and, and try to advertise, um, you know their their services, which is fair enough. That's a normal thing. And what they would do is instead of, you know, offering an actual proper service and giving the details, they would lie about the contracts to an extent in order to persuade the business owners to sign up, right? So that would be that have kind of a false or a misleading statement about the length of the contract. So they think they're getting into a shorter contract. So it doesn't seem as expensive over a period of time. Uh, you know, they'd have um, fraudulent or misleading statements about the price of the contract as well as the competitor rates. So, you know, they might say that the competitor is charging a lot more when they're not charging, you know, they might be charging less, that kind of thing. At that point then, you know, when the business owner was kind of agreed to it and they kind of were persuaded to engage in the contract, they were then transferred onto a different sales representative who would quite convolutedly, I suppose, run over all the terms and conditions to confirm the agreement. And the important thing here is that in law, when you're looking at things legally, you know, a verbal contract is just as binding in most cases as a written contract, right? So you have to have a written contract for things of a of sale of land. You know, if you're buying a house, if you're buying land, it needs to be a written contract. If you are just contracting a service, it doesn't need to be written. A binding verbal contract is enough, which means if you say yes to something and somebody gives you the terms and conditions, it's, 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 it's a legal contract, uh, you know, and it's just as, as binding as a written one would be. And because it was from a business, as in the energy business, to a smaller business, whether it be the B&B or whatever it is, there's no cooling off period, which is also an important aspect of that there. So essentially, they were kind of tricked into agreeing to this contract without fully understanding the terms and conditions, because they would have been given in a very convoluted way and, and quite frankly, misleading. Um, And then contracted into it. They got the verbal agreement, which signified a, a verbal contract. And there's no cooling off period because it's business to business, which a cooling off period just doesn't exist um, unless it's provided by the company policy. And in this case, it obviously wasn't. It's it's fraudulent selling the contracts. So that worked because a lot of the time then, you know, the customers didn't realize that they were being misled to the point of entering into a verbal contract. They thought they were talking to a sales representative on the phone and they were just kind of going and saying, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Oh, yeah, we'd probably go with that. At that point, they're in a contract and they're most times unaware of the fact that that's actually a legally binding contract. So they were kind of stuck in it at that point. That's kind of, I suppose, how it would have been contracted. You know, people engage in verbal contracts day in and day out. If you go into the shop and buy a bar of chocolate, it's technically a verbal contract, but that's not going to cause you to lose, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not nearly millions of, of pounds or euros like it did in this case for these business owners. Right. Um, okay. So that's kind of what we're looking at and just looking at the numbers, you know, the vo- he was the volume of business went up nearly 10% in between the time. So it kind of happened around 2014. Uh, it was going back as far as then. He kind of rose about 10% in the volume of business he was doing. Um, he kind of got rid of the less valuable contracts and kind of just sold them out and then kept the more valuable contracts then because, of course, they were fraudulent. He was able to retain more profits and kind of, you know, ended up but frankly, tricking a lot of people that might not be fully aware of what they're doing into handing over hundreds of thousands of pounds.
0: Right. So essentially, they were just mis-selling the, these contracts. You know. Exactly. Right. Okay. I get. I get you fully now. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, an infamous call center in Waterford who I won't name for legal reasons. <laughs> um. That uh. That that got done in a, a number of years ago when I was yes. working there for for something very similar and a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people were were sort of let go. A lot of higher up people. Were, mm-hmm. were shifted on uh because of the implications of of something kind of very similar. Um, you know, not being clear with contract dates and exact prices for certain things within the contract, like breaking them down and stuff. So uh um, yeah. I understand what you mean. Now right the second question I have was just about you mentioned the fitness test they have in the UK, the, the owner fitness test. Mm-hmm. I'm again I could be I could be wrong on this, so I'm happy for someone to jump in. I thought the fitness test is only used when someone's buying yeah. uh, a club. So they can't use it retroactively on him now as he already he owns it now, you know, it's his club. I don't think they can use that retroactively to kick him out. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, you're right. So it's, you know, the fitting, it's the fit and proper person test or the director's test. And it was brought in, like I said, to make sure that they were granting a, uh, you know, the license to own the club to someone like the name says, that is fit and proper to own the club and, and yeah. be a director of the club. While it mostly can't be used retroactively, it can often, you know, kind of be used almost as a think you know, a case in court, right? So you can't use that by itself to get rid of somebody, but you can then have an independent inquiry after he's been convicted and then take a case against him in court and then say, well, he doesn't pass this he doesn't pass this he doesn't pass this he doesn't pass this at this point you know if he doesn't pass this test we wouldn't have convicted him or we wouldn't have uh, permitted him i should say he's already been convicted of this at this point there's no way he should be an owner and they can kind of get around it that way oh. um the, the criteria for that you know the, the premier league obviously would have tighter restrictions than you know lower leagues but essentially the criteria of why a person would fail that test is if they have power or influence over another football league club, so a, a club in the same league. If they have significant interest in another club in that league, which again doesn't apply to Andy in this case, if they're filing for bankruptcy, which again doesn't apply in this case um, at the moment. Suppose, not yeah, to say right it's now. not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not to say that that's not going to happen in the line if he has to return, of course, the proceeds of all the crime, which likely he will, estimated to be around £15 million pounds at the moment. Um, if they're prohibited by law from being a director, which might be something that the judge will impose at the um, time of sentencing Fair. in July, he could actually just prohibit him from being a director of, of a business or of a club at that time. Um, so he could be thrown away from it at that point. And then further on, if they've been the director of a club uh, while well, it has suffered two or more unconnected events of insolvency, which won't apply because none of his clubs have yet gone insolvent, or, or if they've been the director of uh, two or more clubs which have uh, suffered an event of insolvency while well, they were a director, which again won't apply. So the big thing there is will he be prohibited by the judge of being a director um, at sentencing, which in that case then he would have to have, you know, sell the club and be stripped of it. Or the bankruptcy? Will he end up filing for bankruptcy if he does have to pay back the proceeds of the uh, of the crimes? Um, which again, in which case he will have to then, you know, uh, get out of the club at that point.
2: Um, can I just ask a question regarding like, how was he kind of found out? If you know, I don't know if you can talk about that, but like, like, is that a kind of a client kind of say say here like what's happening here what or audits?
0: I assume some kind of auditing. Yeah, on, I assume at some point.
1: Yeah, to be honest, there wasn't. I couldn't find much on it. Um, it was Trading Standards. Uh, so Trading Standards is just the regulatory body in the UK that were that were looking at it, and they were kind of following it for quite some time. Um, and it could have just been the fact that they were tipped off. There could have just been an anonymous report. Or whatever. I can't find much on it as much as I looked into it. Um, there's not a massive amount, and I've yet to actually be able to look over any of the courts. Um and the case um, notes or case um, judgments, But from all we can kind of see at the moment is trading standards did have a look over it uh, and they were kind of following and, and examining the club, kind of, are they a business, I should say, uh, for quite some time. Um, and then kind of were able to kind of put a case together at that point and then which were kind of foolproof enough to be able to take then to a court and, and eventually win the case. Um, it, again, no evidence, uh, you know, whether it was somebody maybe tipped them off, or whether it was you know just a regular audit, like Adam said, not fully sure of yet. Yeah, it
0: could have. It could have been. It could have been either. So, you know, if you had someone who was contracted them who was naturally unhappy with the scenario, you know, once they found out they had been kind of missold, you know, I'm sure there is like you said the regulatory body they go to to say, hey, I was clearly missold this contract. I'm sure they're doing mm-hmm. it to other people. And then, you know, they do an audit, they look into the contracts and see that, like, this is crazy. Like, why would people agree to these kind of contracts and yeah. kind of investigate from there? So, uh, like that it was, my it was, yeah,
1: exactly. And look, it was very complicated stuff that was going on, right? It was the average person. And even myself, like I'm only like, you know, I'm studying law. I, that's about as close as I am to it. So I, I don't have near enough kind of proper knowledge on the whole corporate law structure. Essentially, what had happened is they created a lot of sham company structures that were associated with his company, Business Energy Solutions. And at that point, then we're kind of able to target smaller businesses. Now, this went on from between 2010 to 2015. And his turnover grew by about 60 million in those five years. And got from went from about 15 million in 2010 to hundred million in 2019. And his profits grew um by about 10 million as well within that time so you know it wasn't that he was making an extra couple hundred thousand pounds you know that he could just maybe say all right slap on the wrist hand them back like this man was making more money than you know most people will ever see in a lifetime um and this was just extra on top of what he was already doing which was fairly good business which is hard to say now retrospectively considering this has been going on for so long but you know it kind of the fact that it's been going on since 2010 it's almost like well Waterford was essentially bought then with nearly the entire proceeds of of crime um now of course that might be exactly where the money came from but the fact that he was getting in so much money and so much profit from crime might have been what allowed him to actually you know afford the club so yeah, it's hard to know this, it, is
0: the, this is the issue kind of going forward now it's obviously You yeah, so know yeah. most listeners are going to be more concerned with the waterford aspect um and then, you know how it's gonna affect our club, uh, which is which is fair enough. You know, if if the if the club you know was bought in order to essentially launder money, then that's a major fucking issue. Um, exactly. You know, we know like you said there's no sort of ownership, you know, fit and proper test or whatever for for the League of Ireland, which in reality they they need to start doing it. Um, especially as the league is starting to grow, you are going to start seeing more and more. Uh, potential foreign investment you know looking to kind of get in at the ground floor and um, so it's something that is probably going to happen more over the next sort of 10 15 20 years you're going to start seeing foreign investment uh, you know as the sport grows so it's something that needs to be implemented by the FAI but you know if we have a club and it turns out that you know the money that's been pumped into us you know was you know to purchase a club and then sort of pumped in was to move funds out of the UK in order to launder it you know that's 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 proper bad you know that yeah that exactly. really reflects poorly um on on the club unfortunately i know it's not our fault no not on the obviously not on the fans or anything but you know the people who sort of made the decision to sell too poorly, um you know people who may have been in the know about what was going on from a business standpoint because you know i'm sure mm-hmm. the people who make these decisions are at a business level i'm sure they're not stupid and i'm sure they know what goes on um so there's obviously that and then like we said at the moment you know the the court case relates to money here and from an entirely different business that's not connected to the sports clubs but obviously if he's forced to you know to pay back like you said sort of money back to the people he defrauded you know that could wipe out you know his funds you know he might be forced to then sell the the clubs in order to finance you know, these, uh, these fines that he's given. So just to um, it, hop in, sorry, Adam, I, yeah. I I only saw
2: this recently that like, even the, though the man is currently in custody, Fleetwood have put in a bid for a Derry City footballer.
0: I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> which, 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 it's obviously he has, the, there's obviously like staff and directors running these, you know, the clubs and stuff. It's not just him sitting behind a desk, making the wheels yeah. turn.
2: So ob- like, obviously he's not kind of trying to hold on to money in the time being, like,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, but the thing with Copy smoke is... screen,
2: though, you know,
1: exactly, yeah. And the thing with that is, at the moment, there's been no freezing of assets or anything resolved, you know, revolving around them. So he's still, you know, there's still no legal issues, I suppose, with him in theory, you know, buying things or, or, or selling things or whatever it might be because his assets haven't been frozen, so it doesn't have any legal implications. At the moment, now that's not to say that it won't be later found that the money he spent on players, let's say for Fleetwood or for Watford, is also not you know won't be found to you know be again criminal money, which then would have to be paid back and whatever it might be, or just further charges on it. But um you know the thing with it is, as you know, if if you're smart enough, and it might not be himself, it might have been you know advisors and and you know people that are getting paid absurd amounts of money to work away in the background that advise them on it but if you're cunning enough and smart enough to defraud small small businesses and charities of you know millions of pounds then you're you know they're going to be smart enough to make sure that the businesses are of course set up as their own entities legal entities um which they would have been that's kind of the basics of setting up a business is that you want to set it up as its own legal entity you know as a limited company as opposed to you know you know, a sole trader, which of course you're not going to be dealing with at that sort of level. But, you know, that's kind of the basics of it. And it's going to be so kind of far removed as best they can from himself so that if anything happens to him, it doesn't affect the clubs. And if anything happens to clubs, it doesn't affect him. The issue is that he was the director of BES. He's not the director of the clubs to an extent. He's just an owner. So it does have that layer of separation there for him um which allows the clubs to operate fully as their own legal entity just with his backing um which is kind of a good thing for the clubs but again it could have negative implications when you look at where does the money the clubs are spending come from again that can cause problems
0: yeah like the club put out a statement kind of shortly after Mm -hmm. you know all the news kind of broke saying that you know as of now there's sort of no change It's business as usual you know whatever it may be but I, I i can't i i can't see a world where there's not an implication further down the line whether it means suddenly the club you know has no money coming into it suddenly you know there needs to be another sale happen and we have to go through that whole fucking merry-go-round again which we'll talk about a little bit i suppose because you know there is there, there was a new story that came out pretty yeah, soon pretty um but so I, I i just don't see how there's not going to be implications for about what and Fleet. what i know obviously we're we only care about the Waterford mm-hmm. side but i don't see how there's not going to be any implications further down the line in some way shape or form whether it be money tightening money going all together and need to sell you know a, a court order that he has to remove himself you know you know, in all aspects from the clubs well, whatever it may be, I, I don't see a world where this doesn't have some kind of effect on the on the club in the long run.
1: Yeah, um, like just touching on the wording of the statement, you know, they say, and it's it's the statement for Fleetwood and for ourselves is pretty much word for word. And mm-hmm. um, statement for Fleetwood does include that talks have been, you know, talks are already in place with the EFL uh, regarding the next step, which obviously doesn't apply to Waterford. But kind of the big thing that stands out for me in that Waterford statement is, you know, there's, there's two of them there. The first one is that the club senior management uh, team and directors have been planning for a number of months for the event of a verdict of this nature. You know, it's, the case has been going on for about six months, um, you know, the trial and everything. It is something, you know, that they would have been privy to quite early in that, you know, this could go very bad. And in that, you know, it has now at this point. So obviously as a company, you know, you want to maximize or minimize your risk and maximize kind of your best outcomes. They would have been looking at what the hell are we going to do? Should things go belly up? Um, so they have been, you know, they would have been kind of preparing for this. And that kind of shows as well, you know, of course it's, it's normal to prepare for it, but the extent of that preparation would kind of revolve around, you know, how sure were they that this was going to actually happen, you know? The level of preparation that they were going to have in terms of a kind of a safety net wouldn't have been as extreme if they thought it was a case that he was going to win. You know, so it, it really kind of shows, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I should say, will show, you know, how sure were they and, you know, what do they imagine the outcome to be? Are they almost on the back foot now that he has been convicted or were they kind of sure he was going to be convicted months ago? And it's just kind of getting the ball rolling now on rolling out that plan. The other thing that kind of stands out is, that uh you know they say we'd like to reassure supporters charges are sh- solely bought uh, brought against andy poiley and not Watford football club fleet hotel football club or any of the businesses attached to the group so like i said while it was all done under the um the company the the uh, energy company the charges are brought directly against andy his sister uh, and two other individuals so You know, it shouldn't have a massive implication in theory on the club, but there's no way it can't. Again, if he has to file for bankruptcy, if he has to, you know, if he's just, you know, prohibited from being director of a club or a business again. So, you know, it's going to have lasting implications in the long term. It's just a case of when is the club going to actually tell us that that's going to be the case? Because it will be, I think, for the most part, kind of shut under the carpet and a lot of smoke and mirrors around it for a while. Um, just until they can kind of make up a story that most people will buy,
0: unless a new owner comes in, and when I say <laughs> new owner, I mean <laughs> old owner turned new owner. Well, so, no, old chairman, old chairman, old old chairman, whatever. Old chairman. Okay. So, really yeah, so <laughs> no. yeah, so yeah, so he put it, it was kind of weird, like that he would just go and just like <laughs> say all this to a paper, like, and it's kind of, I well, see, well, it's been Look at the paper he said. It. I know. Yes, thing has been circulating by a few, a few rags, Um yeah. it was circulating around just some utter madness stuff. And like, if like the stuff he said, and for any listeners who who didn't see it, um, he said that he wants to buy the club back and get the band back together. And by that meaning, uh, getting Birch back uh, in as manager. If that was like if let's just say in the next six months he takes over, buys the club takes over, sacks Keith Long, sacks Rennie, brings Birch, that would be there there would be mayhem. There would have to be mayhem. Oh, the so. the Norwich scars be coming out and we'd be all lining up outside the RSC because like that would be just be utter madness to like just completely sort of tear up the the work that, that Keith has done since he came in, like. I and look I, I'm filing this in, in the fantasy realm you know I think he's just talking a load of shite to be honest with you I think um, you I was just going to get a quick kind of payday of, for saying something to a newspaper about a job isn't yeah, it yeah exactly that's what it, that's what it looks like yeah it looks like he, was just, he
1: saw a chance to be relevant again
0: exactly exactly it, just as the news broke they said right let me let me get a name out here just cause a bit of controversy get a bit of get people talking I pure talking shite um, first of all as well like like we talked about earlier, you know, when when Danny was sacked, you know, is not going to leave Lake Como, sorry. Um, <laughs> at least I wouldn't he'd be fucking mental if he did. Um, Depends on money's going out, to be fair. I, yeah, I know, but still, like, Jesus. Like, I'm sure he's earning good money with a Serie B team. Um, so, you know, I doubt Walters going to be, you know, paying more than what a Serie B team can pay, uh, you know, for their coaching staff. But, yeah, I think like that's that that kind of stuff though, it's just it's just adding fuel to the fire. And it's it's really poor behavior. Like it's it's purely someone like you said, like, just trying, yeah, trying to stay relevant and trying to get a few a few bob for giving a quote to a few fucking rags. Um do you want know to the the best way to do that? Onto that as well. Yeah, pure pure rag newspapers like. Uh yeah, he wanted to bring
1: back to Boy's Phoenix as well. Um, I saw that as well, actually. Was yeah, yeah technical director. director yeah, of uh, for a while. director of football. Yeah, exactly. Um, so back when Forrest was owner, and Lee Power was owner. Um, yeah, yeah, no, like like you're saying, it's 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 something that I don't think most people should be giving attention to because that's all it is. It's just a, a cry for attention, is what it yeah. appears to be anyway. Like it's it's not entirely beyond the realm of possibility that the club will have to be sold. Um, yeah. but. If the club is sold to, first of all, Mitchell and Cowling and, you know, whoever it's sold to, if the owner comes in and for some reason decides to get rid of the, you know, arguably the two most experienced managers in Ireland when it comes to league of Ireland football, you know, they're off their head. They're looking to just make a fucking laughing stock at a club, be risky. Um, You know, you have two Premier Division quality managers, you know, Keith obviously managing the Premier Division for years when he was assistant manager in the Premier Division, he knows what inside and out, even still. Like, to get rid of, of those two managers, to bring back Mark Bertram, hmm. which whatever we say or don't say about Mark Bertram, you know, it would be a farce. Uh, and then, you know, whatever we're bringing in Tobias Phoenix is, as, you know, director of football, we don't have a director of football at the minute anyway. Um, you know, John Walters got out of that position and, you know, you could nearly speculate, did he get out of it because he smelled a rat and knew what was coming up? Could be a case. But, you know, it's It it's beats not... my
0: theory. My, my theory was that he didn't realise the League of Ireland went through the summer and he wanted to go to Marbella for a few weeks. <laughs> Can I just say that
2: after seeing uh, on the League of Ireland subreddit, I, did, I probably should have checked this before, oh, yeah, uh, I clicked be. on another article that was linked to do with this, Mitch Kelly, mm. and it says that he has made a, a bid to, <clears throat> to purchase the club.
1: Yeah, well, look, in fairness, Evan, anyone can make a bid because all you have to do is send Andy Piley a, a, a letter to say, well, I'll give, give you a 20 quid for the club. And that, that's a bid, technically. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, you're not going to get it for 20 quid and you probably won't get the letter directly in the hands of Andy Piley, who is behind bars in a jail somewhere in England. But, yeah, like, again, it's it's to be taken with a grain of salt, I think. Um, it's just somebody trying to be relevant to a club. That's basically all he had for a little while. Obviously, yeah, stuff before the club, but like, who's of than since? Uh, the, you know, as,
0: as harsh as that might sound. Right, any, any more thoughts on this then before we, we, we wrap up? Not really, no. Yeah. Not really. Can we right. get back to the
1: football and do a little look ahead to for?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so we already kind of did. So yeah, we're, we're obviously uh, on Saturday... Making the trip up to Longford. I say we, uh, we're, we are not. I have to go to a fucking 30th. Uh, <laughs> so I won't be making the trip to Longford. But no. Uh, the I'm lads are making the trip.
1: On the, oh, we won't. We won't.
0: What I mean, the lads and the players. Oh, the players sorry. And the that. staff. That's no, fair enough. Uh, they will making the trip up to Longford. Uh, obviously, Ronan Coughlin less up front. I'm sure he'll probably be there, but obviously he won't be playing. So uh, probably a start for Waseem, you know. Got got the goal against Cove, so you know, mm. nice from to get an L, an L start every now and again. So never know, maybe put out another hat trick. We'll see. Um, what result wise? What are we what are we thinking? I mean, not obviously, you don't need to give predictions, anything, right but you know, not 30, okay, no no nothing from Evan Martin.
1: I, I I don't know if it's going to be as comprehensive. Um, I don't think so either. Purely when you look at kind of what's went on. Um, you know, you don't have Roland Cochran up front, so there's going to be kind of a change of pace in the team. And then um, you have what I imagine is a lot of hecticness going on behind the scenes. You know, and you know that's surely going to affect the training of the club and of the lads, I should say. Um, yeah, just we never plan to
2: what so. the players are thinking.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I can imagine there's a lot of players in, you know, that's that have come to the club recently, whether it be Roland Cochran, Dean McMenemy, you know, even we'll just take out the the Fleetwood with ease at the moment. Like there's a lot of players that would have been bought by Waterford now or are signed to Waterford are thinking, like, you know, what the fuck have I got myself into? Maybe, you know, which is which is a, a possible thing to be thinking. Um, and then you have, you know, the likes of, you know, Chris Con and and Bagley, who are thinking, you know, you know, where do I even stand now? Because like, I'm in between two clubs that could potentially not exist or not, not exist, but not exist in the same, the same kind of capacity almost in you know a couple of weeks or months time so it's a it's a difficult situation for a lot of the lads to be in you know there's going to be staff that could be worried about losing their jobs players worried about not having a club it's it's a very difficult situation for them to be in until there's some sort of certainty so i, I don't think it's possible for that you know even though they say it's not going to affect the clubs i don't think it's possible to have something like that going on in the background and it not have an effect on match performance even to a small extent um so for that reason, I don't think it's going to be near as comprehensive on Saturday evening as it was against Finn and Cove. Um, and like
0: we shouldn't take away from like Longford have actually had a really good month. You know they they, have, they bet yeah. they bet Galway. Um, they're you know they the only team to beat Galway this year. Um, they bet Kerry. They did get a loss against Treaty, but then they bet Wexford three 0 in you know in Wexford in Fairy Carry. You know, you know last weekend. So we did. They, we only had
1: the draw against in the last time out.
0: You know, well exactly yeah that's that very frustrating game that we had in the rsc so yeah. um yeah i don't even say i don't think we shouldn't be shouldn't be discounting long for you know they've had a good month you know like we said there is that's t- there is that stuff overhanging over the players and the staff now you know until at least until the sentence happens and we kind of know a little bit more but um yeah i think it makes for an interesting game hopefully we get the win anyway you know hopefully it's more comprehensive what we're saying but should, definitely shouldn't uh treat longford like a like a walkover fixture because they've had a they've had a solid month
1: absolutely absolutely um yeah it's it'll be an interesting one going forward um you know we do have we have the longford match to you we know, you've treaty at home after that which hopefully by then we'll have a bit of news you know by next week um, you know hopefully we will have a bit of news i suppose you know, for the fans and for even just the players and staff regarding what's actually going to happen. I don't imagine there's going to be much realistically until sentencing, which is July 3rd. Yeah. So we do have kind of a, you know, a month of fixtures, basically, or a month and a bit of fixtures to go before that point, you know, and that'll be just after the transfer window opens as well. So it's going to have an effect on who we bring in even potentially, you know, because whatever about Keith and uh, and and Rennie having ideas of who they're going to bring in, a lot of that now could be up in the air, given, you know, well, are the funds there. Is it even going to be possible to actually, you know, bring anyone in? So it, I think this could create a lot of issues for the club going forward. Um, I, I can't see how it won't. But it'll be one to keep an eye on. Um, I would also like to just caveat everything I've said in the last little while, but the fact that I am just studying law, I am in no way actually qualified to speak on any of this from a proper legal perspective. Um, I might just have a little bit more knowledge of it than other people but i'm not qualified so take everything i say with a grain of salt as well it's not guaranteed to be true just for the listeners and um, yeah as, as
0: we said anyone it. anyone threatening libel against us or slander uh like i said martin None is our representative that. so please uh please please contact him directly <laughs> Um, up to his his opinions are not shared by me and evan uh, they are solely <laughs> his own. Yep and they right. are that they're,
1: they're opinion not facts so you can't,
0: <laughs> that's you can't, a key that is a key word that's a key yeah. word right Allegedly. We'll wrap it up we'll wrap it up we'll wrap it up uh, we'll be back again next week we'll talk about the Longford game and obviously if there's any updates you know in, in the meantime on this news for now up the blues